The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open to Psalm 69, we want to continue looking at this Messianic Psalm as we see Christ our Lord suffering upon the tree of Calvary under our sin, under our shame, crying in agony of soul. First a word of prayer, and then we'll pick up our reading, Psalm 69, verse number 7. Father, thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, for his finished work upon the cross of Calvary, for the expiatory work where he took our place and made atonement for our sin and thus secured eternal redemption for those who would come unto God by him, even with repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. We love you this day because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Psalm 69, verse 7, he says, Because for thy sake I have borne reproach, shame hath covered my face. And thus we ended our broadcast last time together, mentioning that Christ, under the load of our sin, and under the shame of that sin, enjoyed hope, in spite of the shame. This is found in verses 6 through 9. And we closed off exactly mentioning the element of substitution, where he says in verse 9, For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproached thee are fallen upon me. The burden of our shame was upon him. Yet, He experienced hope. It was for the sake of the Lord that he bore the reproach. But then he endured humiliation because of the shame. Verses 10 through 12. 
When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that was to my reproach. I made sackcloth also my garment, and I became a proverb to them. They that sit in the gate speak against me, and I was the song of the drunkards. Jesus, a man of sinless nature and stainless character, who lived above reproach and without fault, is now the song of the mocking and reeling drunkards. What humiliation Christ endured because of our sins. Think of 1 Peter 2 and 24. Jesus Christ had chastened his soul with fasting, yet he was considered a reproach. He was considered a disgrace. He had clothed his soul with sorrow, yet he was a proverb among the people. Yes, he was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief, according to Isaiah 53, verse 3. And though Jesus Christ had cured many souls with his power, these all spake against him. We use this phrase of curing in connection with this verse because it was always the rulers or those who sat in the gate who were at odds with Christ when he healed the sick, the deaf, the dumb, the blind, the halt, the lame, and he forgave their sins also when they believed on him, and yet he became the song of the drunkards. The power of drink takes away a man's senses and a man's shame. Men drink their wine, they drink their liquor, and they mocked our Lord and Savior. They sang about him as they sat and gathered around the bottle. They mocked him. They ridiculed him with their song. They despised him. They derided him with their melody of mockery. Instead of praising him with music, they belittled him and blasphemed his holy and righteous name. Truly, Jesus Christ the Lord was despised and rejected of men and lightly esteemed. As you consider then the suffering of our Lord endured in the garden and endured on Golgotha's hill there upon the cross, he is the object of distress. Psalm 69 verses 1 and 2. He is the object of despair, Psalm 69, verse 3. The object of destruction, verses 4 and 5. And the object of derision, verses 6 through 12. All of man's wrath, all of the devil's wrath was pointed at Jesus that day. But far greater than this, all of God's wrath against our sin and against our soul was poured out on the Lord Jesus there upon the cross. Why? So that he could obtain eternal redemption for us. The Lord is suffering under a great burden in verses 1 through 12. Picking up with Psalm 69 verse 13, the Lord Jesus is now praying under a great brokenness. The heavy load of sin and shame was bearing down hard upon our Lord, and he cries out in prayer to God as he begins to break from the inside out under this heavy load. Notice verse 20. Reproach hath broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. Thus our Lord is praying for deliverance from his enemies, Verses 13 through 
18, and he is praying because deserted by his friends, verses 19 through 21. There is first the enemy of darkness over which he prayed, verses 13 through 15, but as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord, in an acceptable time. O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me in the truth of thy salvation. Deliver me out of the mire, and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me, and out of the deep waters. Let not the water flood overflow me, neither let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. The Lord Jesus was facing the darkness of divine judgment here. For God's wrath against my sin and yours was being poured out upon him. It was overflowing him, flooding all around him. There is no mixture of mercy. The Lord was calling out for mercy that he might be heard and for salvation that he might be helped. But no mercy came. No salvation came. Why? Because judgment must come. There must be the penalty. It must be paid for. The burden must be borne. The reproach must be carried. The sin and shame must be carried off and away. And thus our Lord would bear this divine judgment. But then there's the darkness of becoming our sin. He repeats his opening prayer of verses 1 and 2 in verses 14 and 15. The moment he drank from the cup and became our sin, he began to sink in the muck and the mire of man's filthy sin and be drawn down underneath the deep waters, yes, down to the very depths of man's dark depravity. And thus he faces darkness when he became our sin. But then he faced the darkness of the demon world. Verse 14, they're enraged. And yes, they energized the angry mob of those who hated Jesus. But then he faced the darkness of experiencing death. As the water flood overflowed him, the deep swallows him up, and he would go down into the pit. Verse 15, all of this he suffered for the sinner. But then the enemy of distance. There had been never any time between God the Father and God the Son where there was no fellowship. But when Christ was made sin upon the tree, then there was separation. There was a distance between Father and Son. Verse 16, Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, and hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of mine enemies. God had turned away from Christ. The Lord had turned his face and showed his back to Jesus. This was something he had never saw before. He always knew the smiling face and lovely countenance of his father, who was always pleased with his son. The Son of God called out for the Father to draw near or nigh unto his soul. This indicates that God had put a great distance between him and 
his son, that he might send down his wrath and judgment against our sin. All of this he suffered for the sinner. But then he prays because deserted by his friends. In verse 19, he appeals to the Lord. Thou hast known my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. Mine adversaries are all before thee. In verse 20, he approaches unto death. Reproach hath broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. And I looked for some to take pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. He asked for a drink. Verse 21, they gave me also gall for my meat. And in my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. Yes, our Lord cried out in agony of soul. And he suffered under our sin, under our shame, bore our reproach for God's sake first and for our sake also. And then he secured eternal redemption. And he is victorious now, seated at the right hand of the Father, there at the majesty on high, over sin, death, hell, and the grave. He reigns victorious. I trust that you know Jesus as Lord and Savior. If not, I urge you to come to him today. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.